to your other chef, I'm not mm. sure of his name, but who Andy. I yeah, yeah, and I spoke to Jody on Monday, um, his girlfriend. Oh no, Michael. Michael, oh, yeah, yeah, Michael. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so um it's all the small world of all yeah, these yeah, actually, Jody's actually gonna come here tomorrow, do Yeah, that's time. right. Yeah, so And then she's going to Estelle and I spoke to Valentin at um Estelle, so mm. the new head chef there. So yeah. Val's actually in for dinner tonight. Oh is he? <laughs> okay, my mind's blowing now. Small world, right? <laughs> it is small world. There you go. Well congratulations, because I feel like you've um had a really steep trajectory from you know from yeah. where you started yeah hopefully it's not a steep trajectory on the way down as well <laughs> oh no <laughs> just keep, no, yeah. keep soaring <laughs> so how long you've um are you like tw- about 26 now 25 25 wow so um when did you start chefing i started uh in 2012 so i'm not really chefing i i wanted to drop out of high school in 16 and pursue it my parents were like, nah, look, you finish high school. You, know, you never know what's going to happen in life. It's probably... No, I had, uh, so after high school, I uh, studied pastry, actually. Okay. I was a pastry chef. Um, in, that, in the meantime, I was um, working uh, as a waiter. Um, so when I graduated, I kind of had this... Um, I was torn because I really wanted to be a chef and I was studying for that. And then my managers were like, no, 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 staying on the floor, you know, you he says that you'll be a you'll be a front of house bad boy with us. <laughs> um, eventually, so 2012, I I started off as a pastry cook. Is it here in Melbourne? Here, yeah, yeah, in Rockwell Bar and Grill. Oh gosh, um, okay, yeah. I started off then, so probably well, so what year is it this year? Nineteen. So seven, seven, seventh year this year. Yeah, wow. Seven years. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's flown. Yeah. It's definitely flown. It's interesting though, isn't it? Do you think? I think it would be good for all chefs. It's hard for all wait staff, perhaps, to be in out in the kitchen, but it's to have the understanding of both worlds. Yeah. Because I remember a long time ago when I was at university and I was a waitress, and the chefs could be quite tough on front of us. I think yeah. that's all changed now, but um, I think yeah. it gives you an understanding because when you have that sort of front of line dealing with the yeah. public, it's nice to yeah. understand perhaps as a there's, chef what the you know there's an art to both front and back of house and. Uh, there's an importance there's a reason why they both exist um, here what we do here at Lume you know, every every chef goes out to, to a table at least once every night okay uh, I'm still trying to get the front of house to do some prep jobs for me okay um, so we want that crossover we want that understanding it's a very small team you know we have a team of 16 uh, people here at once maybe on a busy night um, so you know we we really value the understanding and the cooperation here and them being able to do, kind of help us out and us being able to help them out. But I think the, the biggest thing that being a waiter for me, well, the two biggest things that being a waiter at the start gave to me through my career was firstly an understanding of, of uh, beverages and wine and how they play a part in you know, how you make food and how you taste and how you guess, also manage wineness and, and, and buy wine and what you, what's going to go with your food. Um, but also, you know, like the charisma and the etiquette and um, and just being able to be to talk to guests, be comfortable with guests, read the guests when they walk in and how and as they go through the night, which is it's only something that you will understand through time and experience. Every chef should have that because mm. it will make them more comfortable and confident um, 
when it comes to, when it's their time to say you know they have an interview for a, for a big executive chef job or they're talking to investors about their dream um, or like like Jody when she's she was at the panel for Joseph Pinole all that you know, it, knowing front of house I think the stuff that goes with waitering isn't just for the table but it goes towards life as well and, mm. and helping you make relationships and, and build, your, build your career. I agree and I think that's, I mean, there is that sort of holistic approach to hospitality, I mean that's mm. what it's all about, it's about being hospitable and I yeah. think um, and if, you could, if, if you bring that to life and career then I think it would go a long way. And, yeah. um, what drew you to hospitality initially? I just really loved food growing up, I yeah. loved eating, not even <laughs> cooking, I just loved eating, I loved looking at food and I, growing up I would always watch cooking shows and the Food Network instead of cartoons and that was like kind of my foot in the door um, and of course you know you have this from those cooking shows you get interested and you want to cook you want to try and, and then going through high school I just I wasn't a bad student I, I was I was a good student but I could I just couldn't see myself learning through the books and you know sitting through university uh, for another four years I was definitely someone who who learned more hands-on and practical um, so that for me I was like you know what, let's I like it I want to do it you know it's kind of on the rise popularity is growing up let's, let's give it a go because mm. I don't I don't want to sit in university and luckily I did because I loved it yeah I loved every second of it mm. and it is um, I mean they talk a lot of these days about um you know, this generation perhaps learning in different ways and that perhaps we won't always be, as a school teacher, perhaps we won't always have schools and, and when people want to know something, they'll find out about it. And I certainly, I mean, that's always been the same, I guess, with anyone who's been really interested in something, mm. they'll find out everything about it. Yeah. And we need to cater for that, you know, that sometimes it can be this kind of, this one pathway and, you, you know, there's yeah. not, there's many. And so yeah. I think it's good that you were able to recognise that mm. and knew what you wanted. Um, so when you started off, where did you do your apprenticeship? So I actually didn't do an apprenticeship. Oh. I did it. So I, I did um, a full-time course, uh, three, a one-and-a-half-year course in, in patisserie at William Angles. Mm. Um, so I moved on to uh, Rockwell Bar and Grill as a pastry, pastry cook. Yeah. Um, and then I had this, like, just urge to do fine dining. Mm. That was kind of the time that the original Rockwell in Sydney, the flagship, moved from George Street to Bridge Street with Phil Wood, who's now at... at Leo, Laura. So I asked to transfer to Sydney. So I, I went to the original flagship and we, I did fine dining. Uh, all, you know, we did fine dining, and I was in the pastry section. And I remember one of the the, the chefs I used to work with said to me, you know, I like asked me, are you looking to do pastry all your life? Is that what you want to do? Uh, I said to him, no, I don't know. You know, I'll do pastry for now. So you know, don't don't put all your eggs in one basket is like you should do everything and then once you've done everything then you can make a decision I want to do pastry I want to do that so and I kind of kind of remember that when I was in Sydney and I asked, asked Phil chef can I maybe try out the savory section the hot section and stuff and he, and he let me he, he let me in so kind of six months into doing sorry, four months of doing pastry in Rockport in Sydney he moved me on to Lada eventually finished off on the fish section in in Sydney and I kind of haven't done any pastry since then until now when we were 
making desserts here. But so I'm not really technically a qualified chef, <laughs> um, off the record. Um, everything that I've learned um, through cooking, uh, savory, has been on the job through experience. Um, which is, for me, I, I think is the great, the best way to learn because you learn your own style and you learn. Um, it's kind of harsh as it to say you don't you don't learn with the, the the safety net that is TAFE or college or William Anglis because in the restaurant when you're being taught and you have this piece of meat and you have that one piece of meat and you need to get four slices out of it or four portions you need to do it because there's other people that that you're catering for and you know, in, in, in TAFE you know you're kind of there okay we need to get four out of this you got three and a half that's good enough you know try again right. next time yeah um I've, and I've all I've kind of always liked that get pushed in the deep end mm. kind of style of learning so I really thrived on that mm. um but because I think that I didn't really have you know I didn't go through TAFE or an apprenticeship in the savory side and have this I guess you know classical traditional pathway to it my food is now a little bit more unorthodox okay. but for me it's it's more interesting doing being that way you know mm. just not questioning not saying like we have to do it this way mm. but instead saying no we can do it this way let's try doing it this way yeah yeah well I don't I don't know I, th- I mean I've spoken to quite a few chefs who don't have you know typically who don't have qualifications but I mean it's such a as you said it's such a hands-on thing and it's and also I mean you're really having an examination or a performance every night. <laughs> yeah. So, in some ways, I think, I mean, and you've certainly, well, you've proved yourself anyway with, you know, like, you've got the Young Chef of the Year mm. Award, San Pellegrino, and, and what was that like? Was that, had that, you considered going for that? I actually, I actually said to myself, I, I'm not a competition cook, and I didn't want to be a competition cook. And it wasn't until kind of Sean, I still remember there, Sean threw the pamphlet in front of me, and he's like, I want you to do it, I think you can do it. It's not about winning. It's not about, you know, being the best, but it's more about gauging yourself, you know, seeing where your ideas are, finding your own identity as a cook, um, and having fun in the process. So, you know, all right, I'll do it. You, you believe me, like, let's do it. So, I actually did it, you know, I, uh, I really tapped into what I wanted to do moving forward, which was an you know, iteration of Filipino food and my heritage. Um, and I was very surprised that I, I won um, the Pacific region yeah. which meant I got, got to go to Milan yeah. uh, for it um, and that was you know, leading up to it was intense it was almost like a full time job because you were constantly just thinking about this one dish um, for so, so was that it you had, did you have to make the dish under scrutiny or how did you like to no. make the dish and then just present it or? so you're tasked to make a signature dish yeah. um, that has a story that has a message um so you submit that recipe in your application to to the committee, and then they pick. Uh, well, my edition anyway. They pick ten chefs, young chefs from each region. There's 21 regions, so 210 chefs worldwide. The cull went from like you know 2,400 plus applicants to 210 worldwide, um, and then those 210 that were selected had to cook their signature dish for a panel of uh, local. Jurors, chefs. So our jury was uh, Andrew McConnell, Paul Carmichael, uh, Christine Mansfield, 
Scott Pickett and Jacques Ramond. Mm. So already then I was kind of like trembling at my feet. Yeah. Like these are some of the people I look up to. Um, you know, distinguished pilots, distinguished careers. And there was 10 of us and, and it's like, all right, I'm, I'm happy I made it here. You know, it's, it's a great achievement already. And, and I you know, made a lot of friends there and you got to learn from each other. And I competed with a lot of my friends that are here from Melbourne and from Australia. Um, yeah, so you cook your dish for them and they, they will, will judge it from the five criteria. It escapes me now what the five criteria is, but um, they eventually have to come to a unanimous, unanimous decision who, who will represent the, the region. So from 10, we'll become one. From 210, we'll become 21. Um, so it's just like, wow, just another, yeah. big, another big axe. Um, and then from then on, from that point until the grand final in Milan, you had time to refine the dish, not necessarily change it, but mm-hmm. refine and practice the com- different components, and the flavors, like really sharpen the dish, sharpen the presentation. Mm-hmm. You know, think about how you're going to present it. Get your plates made, get your glasses, get all your props. Okay. Yeah, all, all that uh, and then come to Milan you know you had your mentor with you I had Scott Pickett with me the whole way it was, so at what point did he come in so once you'd been chosen you then yeah. were assigned a mentor and yeah he and came in right after that and you know we had um, from that point forward you know, he's like ESP is yours come to ESP whenever you like when we're, um, luckily when I, I was at Amaru that time we were both closed Sunday Monday so I was always at ESP on a Monday yeah. and we were both closed so there for the next six seven months constantly every weekend just at ESP or Amaru working on what I did I broke down each component of my dish and this week I'm going to work on that till I'm happy. this week I'm going to work on that and that, and that and eventually put it together made it work and it becomes it becomes part of your life that's all you're thinking of of course yeah. you're here at the restaurant you have your duties you do that you do what you need to do as a the restaurant but then when you're off you're just like right this is my dish this is for me what fueled me was like right you're going to present your dish you're going to present yourself on a plate for the likes of Brett Graham Dominique Crenn um, Paul Perret you know Margarita Forez as well Margarita Forez is um, one of the biggest names and most distinguished names of Filipino oh. oh yeah okay the the base recipe that I use for inspiration actually came from a book that she co-wrote. Ah, okay. So, to see her name pop up, I was, once again, just like, trembling at the knees. Um, but that was, that's what drove me, like, not, not to win, but to put something up completely unique, um, something they've never tasted before, that was completely original, and that was mine, and, and be proud of that. Mm. Um, what was the dish? It was uh, sinigang. So sinigang is um, uh, it's a traditional hot and sour soup from the Philippines. Think like tom yum. Mm. Uh, in the Philippines, we use a lot of a lot of sour, sweets, and uh, salty and spicy. Um, so the traditional souring agent of that is tamarind, um, which surprisingly we have a native um, rainforest tamarind here in Australia from Queensland. That um, so I kind of drew parallel on that. But I, I also use inspiration of my, my upbringing. So I'm, I'm, I'm an immigrant. I, I was born in the Philippines and then I grew up uh, most of my adolescence in, in New Zealand. 
and then I, I noticed the accent. <laughs> um, I'm still an all-black supporter, that's for sure. <laughs> and then when I was uh, starting high school, we moved here in Australia. And I did all my cooking here in Australia, so I really consider myself an Australian cook. Um, for me, the, 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 main, the pillar of, of uh, modern Australian cooking is, is immigration and this us being a complete melting pot of cultures. You know, what is modern Australian food? You can't really define it. But that what's ma- that's what makes it great because we can draw inspiration from all these different things. So yeah. I used hapuka. I used uh, hapuka that I grew up eating in New Zealand. It's the fish for it. Um, I used native Tasmanian mountain pepper and um, prawns from Clarence River in, in New South Wales to uh, to flavour the broth. Um, and that was my bit of Australia. Uh, and then I used... The, the idea and the techniques of Philippines of souring things and uh, cooking things over barbecue um, over fire that we did a lot in where I'm from in the Philippines um, and yeah I just wanted to put myself on a plate I guess yeah uh, and, and had to go in Milan sorry had to go in Milan yeah we, went, we were really really good actually so I was very surprised um, we placed fifth out of 21 um and I was, I was just happy being there. It was, it was, it was a dream. You, know, you could picked up in a Mercedes, you put, put in a four-star hotel, and and I was just happy to be there. Happy to, to, I mean, not just that, but but be in the same company as your chefs, talk to them, you know, yeah. gain some wisdom, and, and trade ideas with other young chefs, and have these great connections and friendships. And some of us still talk to this day. That's good. That was a year ago. You know, um, we still talk to this day on a weekly basis um, yeah we came fifth and you know Scotty and I were over the moon that. yeah. that's probably the highest that anyone from this region has ever placed wow um, in the three years the three editions that it's going so it's for us it's really promising for the young cooks coming up yeah absolutely um, especially Jake Jake Kelly of course from Singapore from Bird Dance in Singapore placed third so for us to get three and th- place in the top five together two Australians it's 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 very, very good. It's amazing. Yeah. Wow, okay. And so now, so you were at um, Amaru, and you, mm-hmm. you, sort of, you, you were at Lume, but then you went away to yeah. try something else. Sort of, was it to broaden your horizons? Yeah, or? I mean, I, I came here about three months after we, they opened, mm. and I started off as a, as a junior cook here. Um, and as time went on, the kind of almost two years that I was here the first time, I went through every section, I saw everything. Sean trusted me with a lot, and I must admit that Sean trusted me with a lot. At one point, I was running a kitchen um, at 23 years old. Um, and he was a great mentor. He was really teaching me the management side, the business side, the cooking side, um, all in one go. Um, but I feel like there came a point in the time as a 23-year-old cook that you know, I've, I felt I've reached my ceiling in this place. And this is, I've absorbed this style and I need to try something else. Right now, and Sean understood that. I mean, he's been in the same position as well. He understood that, and he was very happy that he found out I was going to Amaru because Clinton's an amazing cook. Uh, and I often say to my cooks now, if I didn't spend that year at Amaru, I wouldn't be as confident as I am now. As we cooked uh, with a lot of intuition, um, with a lot of feel, um, really moved with the seasons and the times. You know, we it gave me understanding that you know this week. A tomato is really, really, really good, but the next week that could change completely, and we have to roll with the punches. I oh, think you. Uh, 
so then I spent a year at Amaru and then just after Milan Sean actually contacted me to um, come back because you know, I, I knew he wanted to go to LA and Eileen uh, was moving on to other things yeah uh, so he asked me to you know pretty much come home and come back and at that point I, did, I thought he's like all right run my kitchen I'm like yeah okay fine great that's I can do that let's run let's run the kitchen with his menu and and then kind of I came back here and had the meeting with him I was like oh, all right cool great so um when do you want to when do you want to take over I'm like what do you mean when do you want to put when, when 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 do you want it to be your food it's like wait hold on it's like yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be your food it's gonna be your restaurant you know I I want I want to be the owner I want to be the general manager but I'm not in the kitchen anymore it's not my food it's not mine it's gonna be yours so for me I, I was kind of taken aback and I was really really nervous at that point because I knew I had big shoes to fill what Sean built in this place over the past two and a half three years here has been outstanding it's been phenomenal mm. the way he thinks the way the experience is is, is one of a kind um, so so alright um, sweet let's, let's, let's do this for the new year let's see it out and then let's go for it give me a bit of time to plan my menu as well yeah um, yeah and so where do you start with that when like suddenly you've got this blank canvas really you know did you think I'm going to keep in the spirit of what he was doing or do you divert or like what well no that was actually the thing we talked about he said don't do anything I would do because that's what you do he, he almost gave he gave me the, the permission to search for my own style and do food that I believed in that I thought um, that I thought would work and that I wanted to do and he was completely behind that he said, you know, turn this place into an a la carte restaurant um, if that's what you want to do and that's what you think will be successful. Mm. Um, so, and I just I sat, I sat down and I thought to myself, you know, this is the opportunity of what you want to do. I want to do fine dining, that's for sure. I want to um, still have a great experience and make it feel like you know, you're, you're coming here and it's, it's really elegant and, you know, grand and whatnot but for me I, I, I couldn't do the 14 courses that we were doing like I've eaten here a few times and I personally don't have the attention span for that over the night I get really really antsy and itchy and I and I get a little bit too drunk as well because I'm lightweight um, so you know for me that seven courses was was what made sense you could come in here drag it out not drag it out but stay as long as you like or you can power down three courses and be on your way out which is mm. what you could do on a, on a Wednesday or on a Thursday if, you, if you're a young family that didn't want to cook um, and I also also really wanted to start to kind of develop uh, I guess a modern interpretation of inspira- uh, food inspired by Philippines my, my upbringing um, which what Sean was very supportive about as well because it's it's almost an unknown um, cuisine in, from the southeast of Asia but it's gaining popularity now um, with my generation especially in the US um, so that's what that's what we came up with and that was that was the brief I gave myself and I've been back since September last year and from there it's just hours of research playing around and you know, recipe testing menu testing um, 
yeah, it's, it's been it's been a it's been a big ride. And the hardest part about uh, I think I think about that was I came back here. I was still managing Sean's menu, um, so you still had this mind frame to think the way he would think, mm. as if the food was going to be on that menu. Um, instead of thinking about how you wanted your food to be like. Um, but we got through it. And I think now, you know, we're, fi- we're starting to really find our feet in the style that we want to do in terms of service, in terms of how we cook. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm really, really excited now instead of nervous. Yeah, it's awesome. And in terms of the people side of things, how was it coming back but now being, like, the boss it's, of that team? It's, uh, I think, when I left... Uh, well, since I had left, a lot of the people that I worked with already had moved on. Okay. So coming back here was was a new, was okay. like a new start. You know, the hardest part I found, honestly, when I came back was inheriting a team in the kitchen that wasn't necessarily mine. Mm. Uh, you know, Eileen, Eileen and I are great friends and we work well together, but we have two very different distinct uh, working styles and the way we cook and the way we run a kitchen mm. I guess and um, can you explain your working style a bit more I'm a bit more intense okay <laughs> I mean in, not in the bad not in like I'm not Gordon Ramsay you know throwing things around blah 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 all this and that but uh, I've always told my guys uh, when you're here um restaurant or in the kitchen I want 100% focus and intensity it's the same thing that you'll get from me yeah um, because it means the food is better um, and it's more efficient um, we do things faster we do things better we get out of here quicker we spend less time in the kitchen and we do great food um, and I kind of it's not that like I I don't like babying people people in the kitchen or like nourishing them. I you know we, we nurture them, but you know, I always tell the guys it's like there's no holding back here. You tell me how you feel, I'll tell you how I feel. Mm. So there's no like there's no BS in the middle. Mm. We just we're all adults. We tell each other, we get it done, we solve problems, we move forward as a team. Mm. Um, and that's that's kind of like the intensity. That I kind of got from Clinton. I really appreciate how he ran his kitchen. Completely black and white, no grey area. You know, you we're one team. We solve the problems. We move forward. Yeah. Um, so, you know, kind of when I first took over, you no, know, only one person from the old team is left. Okay. Yeah. That's Michael. Michael's uh, Michael the sous chef. Um, I mean, I don't hold anything personally against anyone who uh, worked for Eileen, um, but they knew as well that it wasn't their style and it wasn't where they yeah. wanted to be forward, and that's fair enough as a cook. So um, that was the biggest challenge I had. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you handle the side where now, well, I suppose you've had a bit of practice because with your young chef of the year, but having to talk to <laughs> the media and have to be like the face of the kitchen and the, or the face of whatever. It's, I mean, you speak very well, but <laughs> but you know, suddenly it's not just about cooking, is it? It's about no, a lot more. It, yeah, I mean, Sean, Sean joked around with me when I first took the job. He said, uh, "Cooking will be the easy part. You almost want like 
you'll cherish two hours a day you probably have playing around in the kitchen. Um, but you know that comes part and parcel with the with the job, and you understand you have to understand that you're no longer just a cook on the on the on the pans or wherever on the section. You're now the manager. You're now the leader. You're the mentor. You're the teacher. Because um, if if you went the way he said it was like if you you could do those jobs, and if you do them, the others won't learn. So. Stepping back was also a hard part for me. Yeah. It's like it's in your it's in your your bones. You're just like yeah, push it out, cool, cool, cool. Uh, feel that rush, and now you know you just gotta manage them, let them do it, teach them, uh, mentor them. Um, and I've had I've had uh, I guess a lot of practice talking to media now ever since San Pellegrino. Um, yeah. And Sean and Veronica really prepared me well for, for you know, it's like this is what's going to happen. So people are going to come and ask you, you know, at the restaurant you're going to be more than just a cook. You're going to be a face and whatnot. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's um, I like I like to talk. So I think you can tell from this recording <laughs> that I can like to talk. So yeah. it comes naturally. But I think definitely um, San Pellegrino and all that helped out mm. with being exposed to a lot more media. Yeah. And do you think about food twenty four seven? I think about food way too much. Yeah. I'll be with my fiance in the car. Why are you so quiet? Think about a recipe. Yeah. But it's just I think it's like natural now, especially now. I think because you know we do do a lot of admin and like paperwork and you know, a lot of being on the phone, calling up suppliers and ordering and stuff. That you just really miss cooking, playing around with things. So I'll be eating something and be like you know. This reminds me of this. Will be this flavor will be great with that. And, uh, and it's very, very rarely that I will tune off my mind to thinking mm. about food. And that, that's still obviously that that need or that feeling to be connected to the food. Where where do you get to do that now? So you get to do a little bit of cooking here, or are you cooking at home? <laughs> what did I? I actually don't cook at home <laughs> at all. Um, I, I I take my leave when I have my days off uh, from home, but. You know, I always kind of make time out. You know, side of my day, I was like, all right, I have to do this today, like like paperwork or emailing, whatever. But I will make sure to do this much cooking. And I all make oh, almost every Tuesday when we come back from work, from the from the weekend, I will have jobs to do that needs to get done. So then I'm always like, I still feel like one of the one of the cooks. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of like you find you find the you find the time to do it, and then you know, or you, you push you sometimes you push the emails aside and all that. A little it'll wait. I'll wait till I get home later tonight. I'll email, I'll email back at like night because I want you know, to cook, want to teach the guys, and yeah, it's you find time. You 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 find time. Yeah, is this where you saw yourself? Is this what you wanted when you were starting out? At this, it, like, well, at the start of you know when you were thinking maybe I'll get into being a chef. Well, I actually thought about being a pastry... I thought about being a pastry chef over my own pastry shop, just working the mornings and having nights off. Oh, no, you haven't. So naive. So naive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just always always just wanted... Not... I've never really thought about, like, the building or the framework that that I was going to have when I was starting off. I just, from the get-go, I just said to myself, oh, I don't want to be famous. I don't want to be on TV. 
Um, I just want to be respected within within the industry um, for my cooking and for the person that I am. You know, making a positive change in the industry. Um, so all of this is extra for me. Um, I'm still working every day to try make you know their work life balance better, their hours better, better better connection with all the other restaurants in the in the, in the city. Um, we just try Michael and I and Richard from Amaru we're, we're trying to get a lot of the young senior cooks um, in the restaurants now together at least once every month to just sit down and chat and you know just unwind and understand that we are all going through the same problems that we can actually help each other um, and not think that we're competition yeah. um, so that's still the goal that's still the, the main agenda um whether it was whether it's here at Lume or if I was doing something else that always will be number one priority. Nice. Thank you. Not Thanks enough.